0: This is The Creator Revealed, a production of 3ABN Television. Welcome to The Creator Revealed. I'm Tim Standish. I'm a scientist, but I'm also a Christian, and there really shouldn't be a but in there. (laughs) Of course, scientists can and, in fact, should be Christians. That means that I believe the biblical record of history.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, we are just very excited that you're with us, and we are Very excited that those of you at home or in your car, whether you're watching by TV or internet, we thank you so much for joining us. And this is, to me, I'm so excited because creation science is something that many people have, their views have changed a little over the years. And we see Christians who are kind of... um, amalgamating almost. I don't know if that's the proper word, but they're they're taking evolution and they're taking a little from the Bible and they're doing this and that and coming up with all kinds of ideas. So I'm excited about this series. What are we going to talk about today? Well,
0: we're going to talk about evidence. Remember that science is all about empirical evidence. And occasionally, I actually quite commonly, I hear what seems to me to be a ridiculous statement, which is there is no evidence for a recent creation.
1: We're going to disprove that today.
0: Well, we're going to look at some evidence, that's for ah, sure. Ah, ah. And, uh, and, and obviously each person has to draw their own conclusions. But I will tell you that, again, this is from my perspective as a scientist. Actually, there is abundant evidence of the recent creation of life. Now, I'm concentrating on life because I'm a biologist. Life is what I study. I'm not a geologist, so I won't try to go too far down that way. But I will compare what geologists and what the biological evidence say. Okay. All right. So I want to start off With a Bible text. And this is Isaiah, which is one of my favorite books. By the way, a book that is full of the creation, interestingly enough. The creation and the new creation that God's promised. So Isaiah wrote this. He said, lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But... My salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail.
1: Oh, yes.
0: God makes this incredible promise here to us. Yes, the earth is old um, now. That doesn't mean that life is millions or hundreds of millions of years old or billions of years old, even according to, uh, to some people. But thousands of years old is a long time, and none of us can go back. Probably none of us can genuinely figure out the exact date on which God started the creation. We get these dates by, via calculations that have some error in them. But what is obvious, both by looking at genealogies in the Old Testament and also by looking at genealogy in the New Testament because we, we have the genealogy of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and we know how many people there were from Adam to Jesus. By looking at those things, we can know with a reasonable degree of assurance that life is thousands of years, not millions of years old. Amen. That's data. That's a real record of, of reality. What do we see when we look at the creation? Let's start off by talking about clocks, because we all know that there isn't a clock out there on palm trees or on human beings or on anything else. Uh, There isn't an actual clock. But there are things that act like clocks. But sometimes those clocks give two different times. I don't know if if you've ever seen a clock tower like this with the faces with different times on them
1: yep.
0: um, but that's, uh, that is sort of the situation that we sometimes see with science. Now remember we're interpreting data to come up with the, si- with the times that are being estimated. Okay. So let's start off here. This is well, actually one of my favorite places. It's south of Sydney in Australia, a place called Coal Cliff and you can see Beautiful. why. Yes. Can you see Beautiful. that, that beautiful line of coal there. This is why Australia is the Saudi Arabia of coal. There's huge amounts of coal there in this, in this basin around Sydney. And uh, here's the thing. Do you see what a straight line that is between the coal and the, and the sandstone that's on top of it?
2: Yes.
0: Hmm. When you do something called radiometric dating, What you find out is that supposedly there was five million years that that coal was on top of the earth and then the sandstone came along and piled up on top of it. So I want you to just think about that a little bit. What do you think would happen if that coal was sitting there with just air above it for five million years? Have <laughs> n't Well, uh, you would expect some kind of erosion, maybe, or some kind of. Oh, I see. Or maybe the going. coal yes. would get lit on fire. Maybe it'd be struck by lightning. Maybe it was underwater, so it didn't burn. But if it was underwater, then you'd expect erosion, yes. or something. And then you've got to dump all of this coal, uh, this this sorry this um, sand on top of it to make the sandstone. Mm-hmm. Really, five million years. What the evidence is most reasonably interpreted as there, as meaning, is actually very little time at all, because because there's no erosion and the coal is still there. You can't leave coal sitting out on the Earth's surface for five million years.
1: Makes sense.
0: Yes. So there's a kind of logic here. We're looking at two different clocks, and they're telling us different times. at this place called Coalcliffe. First of all, there's that radiometric clock and that says five million years, but the flat interface between the layers says a short period of time. So you've got two, two clocks telling us two different periods of time. And these flat gaps in time that we see uh, there, they're actually quite common. There are, there are, you can see them for example, in the Grand Canyon. Yes. here in the United States, where there are millions of years missing there also, between layers, and yet it's absolutely flat. No erosion, no indication that there was actually any time there. They're called paraconformities. And as I said, they, they show up all over the place. Uh, the paraconformity visible at Coal Cliff covers about 97,000 wow. square miles. That's, That's an incredible area. Absolutely flat. There are simply not places on earth that are like that today. 97,000 square miles of flatness, of flat coal. This is obviously something different than we see today and well interpreted as a short period of time. Now, I count this as a biological evidence because coal came from plants. So let's look at another thing. Here's, here's our coal again. This is just looking at the same coal from a different angle. And when we when we look at that coal, um, frequently you find carbon-14 in coal. Now, you've all heard that carbon-14 means long ages, but that's actually not really true. Is this the, where they
1: get the carbon dating yeah, from? Yeah, this is what
0: carbon dating comes from. The The, the most ancient carbon-14 dates that you can possibly get are around 100,000 years. There are some variables in there, you're generally less than that and a lot less. So uh, because the carbon-14 breaks down very fast, you simply, it's, it's a fast running clock and the, 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 the time runs out after a while. So if carbon-14 is measured in a coal sample, it either had the carbon-14 put into it or it's less than 100,000 years old. Now remember, that coal that you were looking at there is supposed to be millions of years old. There should be no carbon-14 there. And this is something that has been done many times in in a number of different uh, types of coal. So here is another line of evidence. There have been a lot of molecules that have been found associated with fossils that are supposed to be millions of years old. And the question is, how long do proteins last? Do they last hundreds of years? If if you put a you know, a a piece of steak outside, how long does it last? (laughs) Not very long. Now a lot of that's because bacteria will come along and speed things up and and some animal might come and eat it. So we know that today it disappears very rapidly. But even if you don't have animals or other organisms breaking down these molecules, you have water that breaks them. You have, they just oxidize spontaneously and other chemical reactions degrade them and they can be physically broken as well. And radiation, radiation is something that you simply can't get away from and it breaks things down. So this, this exact skeleton here, from this exact skeleton, they have found proteins. whole blood vessels and things that they got out of the bones for this particular dinosaur here. The idea that those would have lasted for 60-something million years is very optimistic. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Very optimistic. Reasonably, these are explained as telling us that these dinosaurs did not live that long ago. And there have been scientific papers published about this. It's, It's not something that is fringe science. One more thing. Let's go through it really quickly. It's not that technical, but mutations. These are random changes in DNA sequences. Most most of these changes have a very small impact, thankfully, or we'd all be dead. And you're going to see (laughs) why in just a moment. Let's imagine that we have a wife and a husband, and they have a whole bunch of children. In fact, they have 10 children. And let's just imagine that there is a very low mutation rate, 0.1 I'm sorry, per ta- per mu- 0.1 mutations per individual per generation. That would mean that one of their children had a mutation. Now you'd think, okay, natural selection can get rid of that child and the rest of them will be perfectly fine. But. What would happen if you had a higher mutation rate? Let's say 0.5 mutations per generation. Well, that would mean five out of the 10, half of them would not survive if natural selection selected them out, but you'd still have five, so you'd be fine. But what if you had one mutation per individual, per generation? It wouldn't exactly be like this, but we're just illustrating something here. That would, in this example, mean absolutely all of your children had mutations, and natural selection would not be capable of getting rid of them. So, what is the actual human mutation rate? You know, is it, is one. it one mutation per individual per generation, or 0.1, what, what is it exactly? Well, there are lots of estimates about this, but generally speaking, there are well over 100 mutations <laughs> per individual huh? per generation. The The point is this, human beings are incapable of even having enough babies to get rid of all of these mutations.
1: So natural selection is not only improbable, it sounds impossible.
0: Well, natural selection isn't going to fix this problem. We're going to accumulate mutations. Now, thankfully, our bodies are so robust that we can survive a whole bunch of mutations. But the question then becomes: How many mutations can we survive? At what point are we going to 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 die because we simply our, our 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 genomes are worn out? And truthfully, we don't know exactly. But we could be pretty sure that it isn't millions of years. Yes. In fact, it's pretty remarkable that we're able to survive thousands of years which sounds pretty optimistic or pretty pessimistic when you think about it. We're all doomed, except for one thing. God's salvation.
1: We've read the back of the book.
0: (laughs) God's salvation is eternal. And so what does this evidence, all of this evidence that we've seen about a recent creation tell us? Well, there are a few things that I would pull out of it. Number one, God's mercy The creator's mercy is not in not using this death driven process of evolution over eons of time is very clear. The time isn't millions, hundreds of millions of years of suffering, struggle and death. And secondly, his mercy is clear in not allowing sin and suffering to have continued over hundreds of millions of years in the past. So we can praise God. The time is short. Jesus is our creator. And he created thousands of years ago, not millions of years ago. And he is our redeemer. Amen. Amen. And I believe that he is coming soon.
1: Amen. Not
0: millions of years from now.
1: So we see that there is sufficient evidence to prove the recent creation of life. And we believe it isn't more than 6,000 years ago, personally. But please stay tuned, we've got
3: something special coming up. Welcome to The Minute That Makes a Difference. I'm Margot Marshall. What difference would it make if you ate enough fiber? It may even save your life. Researchers analysed 17 studies involving almost a million participants and found that every 10 grams of fibre consumed cut the risk of death by 10%. So where will you find fibre? Exclusively in the foods the good Lord recommended to our first parents, which are fruits, veggies, beans, nuts and unrefined grains. But how would you know if you're getting enough? Fibre researcher Dr Dennis Burkett discovered a simple test. He said stools should be soft, like soft serve ice cream. Large, pale, and they should float in water. So starting today, tuck into more plant foods, because fibre makes a difference.
1: Welcome back to The Creator Revealed. Today we are talking about evidences that support the idea of a recent creation of our earth. And we believe this supports the biblical account
0: of creation. Yes, specifically we've been looking at living things. What evidence is there in living things that points towards a recent creation of all of this life? And one of the things that we've talked about is chemicals, these proteins and other biological chemicals that we find inside fossils. And uh, so the big question is, can these things last for millions of years? To understand this, We're going to talk with a chemist, Dr. Ryan Hayes. He teaches in the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry at Andrews University, which happens to be my alma mater. So I'm excited to hear what Dr. Hayes has to say about this. So welcome, Dr. Hayes.
1: Hi, Ryan.
2: Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. This is an exciting topic. We're uh, thinking about chemicals and recent creation and Boy, there's a lot of new information that's coming out, you know, here in just in the last few years and in the last uh, decade or so about all, all these molecules that are, you know, being found in, you know, in geological formations or pulling up dinosaur bones and finding uh, tissue in there. That, this is just utterly amazing. It, it is incredible stuff. And I think that, that most people have a
0: kind of... Um, gut level understanding that something like proteins that 's the stuff that muscles are made out of that 's what that 's meat <laughs> and we know that meat doesn 't last for very long on a dead animal, so the idea that you would find these things, for example, in dinosaur bones if you if you remove the the um, uh, the, 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 the yeah the, the, the not the bone marrow itself but the hard part the okay. the that part of the bone you are actually left with proteins. Uh, you can do that with obviously modern bones. If you take a cow's bone and remove this chemical that's in there called uh, calcium. Calcium apatate, isn't it? Um, and, well, and it's uh, tri- hydroxyapatate, yeah. You're there's water in there as off. well. No I'm not <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Enough of the chemical talk. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I, I was just remarking with my students even today about the chemical properties of carbon-based uh, molecules, which we're made out of and all life is made out of. And the energy that is uh, holding our bonds together is actually somewhat easily broken just from the heats and the lights um, that we have. Uh, shining on our planet that comes right out of our planet itself. And, and the molecules are, in some ways are designed not to, to last forever uh, without some input uh, into the system. So when, when things are left out in the open or left uh, on the ground, uh, there's biological things that will come and attack and chew them all up or just UV lights and heat uh, or even the cold can uh, break things up and the chemicals that we're made out of and living things are made up. They, they just don't last uh, that long. Uh, there's also something that I've heard of called um,
0: background radiation. And apparently, you know, over, uh, over short periods of time, it's not that much. But over the course of millions of years, this background radiation that everything is exposed to, unless you're repairing the damage to these molecules, you're gonna wind up shredding them because they're big molecules, and boom, that radiation gets but in there just, and, and breaks them. But you just them.
1: said over millions of years. You don't believe there has been millions no, of years of no. this. No, no. In okay. fact,
0: the, the, the whole point of this is the fact that we find these molecules exactly. in, in fossils is a pretty good indicator that those fossils are not, in fact, millions of years old. And so the idea would be, and, and Dr. Ryan, correct me if, I, uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Hayes, Dr. Ryan Hayes, <laughs> correct, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but, um, uh, you know, if you find something that should have broken down over a long period of time, that probably tells you that there hasn't been a long period of time.
2: Uh, that's absolutely right. I think many people don't realize that uh, our DNA and a lot of the molecules in our body are just being pummeled. Uh, We have thousands of breaks happening every day because of the radioactive uh, earth that we live in. I I love making that point to my students and the people I talk to. We live in a very radioactive world and the reason why we don't see a lot of that damage uh, in the short term like days, weeks and years is that we, there are at least five known repair systems that are constantly fixing the trillions of miles of DNA that we have in our, in our, in our body. So without those repair mechanisms, DNA and, and so many other organic molecules will just fall apart from the radioactivity and other things that we've talked about. So just we live in a really radioactive world, but we're sort of shielded from that in the sense that there, there was design that knew what problems would happen and systems and little machines that go in and fix our DNA so our, our DNA is constantly being, being destroyed in little bits and pieces every day and it's eventually after enough decades um, you know this leads to cancer and so this is why there's such a prevalence of cancer is that eventually uh, the systems can't keep up with all the damage that's happening in our bodies this work received the Nobel Prize in 2015 uh, in chemistry, figuring out how our DNA is being repaired. So when we find these things in, in the ground and, or in the earth, they, they can't be that old. Uh, these things just don't last that long. So what about,
0: what about a situation like these people who freeze their bodies um, so that they could be resurrected later on, is, is that something that, I, I mean, is is there some conceivable way in which we could preserve things in in a you know, so that they would last for millions of years, uh, as, as being as, as some people believe, apparently?
2: Sure, I mean that's I mean you would want to try that, right? If you could cool things down cold enough, maybe you could stop a lot of the the degradation. But the fact of the matter is, uh, a lot of that radioactivity is going to just uh, slam right through even frozen material. So, uh, sure, it's a good idea to try to freeze something or encase it in, in something so it can last a long time, um, but that is a real, that even then in, in and of itself is a real challenge and takes design to figure out how can you can uh, preserve something for such a long time in a random fashion. Just throw some cold on it and it will last forever. Uh, I, I don't think so, you know, but that's just something that scientists are looking at. How do you keep something last for a long time? It's not easy because it's a, it's a hard problem to get biological materials to last a long time. It's a hard problem.
0: And so even when people are working on it, then you say that's something that probably isn't going to happen, let alone with with some fossil that, that's been buried in the ground in, in whatever in sandstone or limestone or whatever, you just simply wouldn't expect to get anything lasting for, for millions of years in it.
2: No, that, that's, uh, that's exactly right. I mean, so, we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be surprised that um, these things degrade fast. We, we should be surprised that we're seeing anything. And I think a lot of scientists are surprised that bones are turning up tissue and uh, just finding anything that resembles organic molecules is just utterly amazing but yet that's what we're finding in, in bones and a lot of samples that by radiometric means they seem to be really old but yet they defy uh... you know chemical degradation Th- this is uh... this is amazing so i think this is some really good evidence pointing to uh... the fact that life uh... is a relatively recent thing on this planet thousands of years i think i think we have to Uh, Take that into strong consideration for sure.
1: So that means that you do accept The biblical account and the generations to say that our earth is probably no more than 6,000 years old
2: Yeah, you know give or take a few thousand years uh, but for sure and I think as a scientist you have to uh, look at the credibility of the Bible and The fact that this document has lasted so long and, and has described so many things that are so accurate Uh, I would love for my textbook to be that accurate and they're not well so we we have to Uh, acknowledge that
0: thank you so much for joining us dr. Hayes I know we could talk about this forever (laughs) it seems uh, it's, it's a wonderful and fabulous topic you know Shirley one of the things I love about science is that it is full of surprises And sometimes, uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know what to do with those surprises. But I remember when I first heard about these molecules inside dinosaur bones, I was shocked. In fact, my colleague who told me about it, I said, I don't think that's going to be true. And yet what we've found, uh, I and some other scientists have collected peer-reviewed scientific papers. We have hundreds of them now reporting these things. It's very strong evidence that life is thousands, not millions of years old.
1: And it's just like archaeological finds when people said, oh no, there was no David, there was no this, archaeology finally found it, and that's what's happening now. Science is finding proof or evidence of a recent creation.
0: Listening to The Creator Revealed, a production of 3ABN Television.